Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Killing. Is that my headphones or is that you? I How's that? You're, Better? You're deferential to the Robinson Brothers. <laughs> uh, Shake Your Money Maker was indeed their first album. Uh, Twice as Hard, Jealous Again. She talks to angels. Hard to handle the big songs off that one. Uh, Shake Your Money Maker. They're talking about your butt, Kellen. I believe that's what they mean. Well, they're not talking about my butt. They're talking, they're talking about a butt. They're talking about the butt in general. Uh, the butt, I, yes. I believe. All right. Uh, Blue Jays win 2-1 over the Giants. Guerrero Jr., two-run homer in the bottom of the sixth for the offense. Good uh, outing for Chris Bassett on the mound. Six shutout innings, 12 strikeouts. Only allowed three hits, gave up three walks. He's now 8-5 and five on the season. Romano gets the save, his 24th of the year. Blue Jays 2-1 over the Giants. Uh, Riverhawks taking on Bellingham at Remax Field. Stinker's about to tip off against the Scarborough Shooting Stars at the Expo Center. Elks at Red Blacks tomorrow, 4 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff. Game at 5.30. Right here on 6.30, Chet. Oilers trade Yamamoto and Costin to Detroit for future considerations. They draft Bo Akey in the second round. Defenseman out of Barry. They take Nathaniel Day in the sixth round. Goaltender from Flint. And out of Merrimack College in the NCAA in the seventh round, they take Matt Capone. 780-496-0063. That's the hotline. Courtesy CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, ceiling systems, CertainTeed, pro all the way. Kellen, what do we have coming in tonight? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start on the Oilers' side of the ledger. And uh, lots of text tonight kind of uh, echoing the first text I got in, which is from an unknown number. But they're just uh, basically saying, sad to, say, uh, sad to see Yamamoto go. Uh, you know, have had variations of that messages, or that message, I should say, come in tonight with uh, various emotes on the end, like the sad one and... <laughs> The little Broken yam heart. emoji. Uh, yeah. Well, popular. Well, look, all the Oilers are popular. The fans want them to do well. Certainly, he was a player that faced criticism sometimes. Like I said, for not being productive enough in the role he was often playing. If he was on one of the top two lines, or had Nugent Hopkins, or, or pardon me, or had McDavid or Drysaitel as his center. But yeah, I think even when when people would criticize him, they they wanted him to do better, and he had that burst. Uh, as I was saying, well, I looked it up here. He had in he had nine goals between February 19th and March 24th of 2022, and wound up with 20 for the season. And then, uh, you know, didn't do as well this year and faced some injury issues. Yeah, I, I I don't think anybody thinks poorly of Kyler Yamamoto, but they I think we all kind of recognize for the Oilers to get to the top of the Stanley Cup podium, they might have to shake things up. And he's one of the guys that had to go. 
Mm-hmm. We'll go next to Randall on the text line. He says the Oilers took a chance on Costin and he turned out to be just okay. No sense overpaying him to be an inconsistent player. If he wants to play in the KHL, let him. That's from Randall. Well, and his stuff said maybe Detroit's going to throw a little more money at him, right, than the Oilers had. And, and maybe that's how they keep him. Fizerman likes him and he can give him closer to $2 million. The Oilers couldn't go that high. Maybe he doesn't go to the KHL. But that's what – But. That's what Holland said today, and I think he said it earlier in the week, that he was negotiating against the KHL in terms of what the Oilers could pay. Now, if this, this happens with Iserman, maybe those neg- negotiations against the KHL are going to be are, are going to be successful for Detroit, and they wouldn't have been for Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Former D-man Mark texts in tonight. Uh-oh. And says, speaking of cap space, if Bouchard had a two-year bridge and a knocks out of the park, uh, will he be signing for far more than five or six million? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I think. That's what Tony called it about too, right? Yeah. yeah if 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 Bouchard is, I don't know, like is a sixty-point defenseman, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, he had seventeen points in twelve playoff games. Smaller sample size. But he's he's going to be on the power play. The power play is going to be incredibly productive. Like, don't forget, this year Bouchard wound up with 40 points, and he was only the number one power play guy for the last quarter of the season. And quite frankly, a lot of the discussion about Bouchard for the first three quarters of the season was, was that he wasn't very good. And that, you know, he was going to wind up a minus player and five on five and all that kind of stuff. He did wind up plus six. And I get it that there there are defensive warts in Bouchard's game. But as we've said for years, where the puck is on his stick, he's he's a special offensive defenseman. And I thought what, what Eckholm said in his uh, postseason interview when they did the exit interviews a couple days after they were eliminated by Vegas, you know, he said you can't. You can't, uh, like I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said you can't restrict a guy from doing what he's good at. I mean, Evan Bouchard is primarily in the NHL because he is an offensive defenseman. And, and yes, sometimes there might be some other def- deficiencies in his game, but you can't always just tell a player, okay, only only try to not let your deficiencies hurt us. Don't worry about your strengths. Just only try to cover up your deficiencies. So I get it. Bouchard could be frustrating sometimes, like me included. He's, he's not always the strongest guy down low. You know, he's, he's, he's not, I don't think, ever going to turn into uh, Scott Stevens or whoever defensively or with hitting or physical play or anything like that that but but at the going the other way he does things very very good and i i know from doing this job to 10 years i I mean eight nine years ago there was a lot of get a right shot defenseman with offensive capabilities get a right shot defenseman with offensive capabilities well the oilers have one so i think you have to appreciate that side of it but yes i mean if he comes out and gets 55 60 points his next contract's not going to be five million bucks it's going to be a lot more Mm-hmm. Uh, just to uh, finish off, former D-man Mark's uh, text. Oh, my God, I, I interrupted former D-man Mark. He must be livid. <laughs> and, and, but, hey, uh, it was it was great information you brought up, Raiden, and, and, yeah, I agree 100%. He just adds that uh, in regards to uh, re-signing Bouchard, if the Oilers could bite the bullet to, for 4.75 to 5 million uh, long-term, I'd do it if possible. Oh, like right now, long-term. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I get that, but then you can't fit in everybody else, right? Right. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, going on the text line again here, we've got an unknown text uh, that uh, writes in and says, uh, Holland qualified a Yamamoto and Pugliarvi and made a good trade for Costin. Now, his mistake of qualifying a tiny player costs us Costin. That sums up the good and bad of Costin. Costin is not going to the KHL. Who in the right mind wants to return to Russia right now? Yeiserman will sign Costin tomorrow. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Well, we'll see. Okay, uh, Armswar texts in and says, I love Yamel, but I worry for his health. Too many issues the past few years. Feels like irreparable damage done because he tries so hard. Well, and I, I, I appreciate Armswar brought that up because these guys are human beings. And yes, they get to play hockey for a living. And, and yes, uh, you know, in some cases they get to make uh, a, a lot of money. But yeah, with Yamamoto, there have been some head and neck issues too. So, I, I mean, that's ultimately what I ask your Clefbaum decided not to come back as he said in the, the interview he wanted to kind of have mobility and strength for the rest of his life and not maybe have a couple more years of hockey take that away from him mm-hmm. uh, we've got Butch texting in and says if the Oilers can sign Connor Brown that's an upgrade on Yamamoto they will have a true top six for the first time in a long time plus if Holloway blossoms RNH can be on the third line feeling excited about free agency that's from Butch well I think that Holloway's a, a bit of an X factor in this because if he can be even a top nine forward, and, and then he's obviously cheap because he's uh, he's on his first contract, then that's going to help the team as well. And we did talk a lot this past season that the Oilers have gone from having sort of the big three, Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Dreisaitl, and not much else, to now having a top five as opposed to a top six. So, yeah, I think Connor Brown would would fit in nicely there. Mm-hmm. Kev texts in and says, do you anticipate any surprise signings by the Oilers? Just curious on your thoughts. That's from Kev. You know, I, I'm going to say what I said the other night. Now, okay, I'm going to clarify. I'm not – I'm going to – you said that's from Kev? That's from Kev, yeah. Kev, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jam out slightly, and, and you, can, you can express anger at that if you like, because I'm not saying that this is going to happen. But I, I just, I'm just keeping Jonathan Taves in the back of my mind. And I, I, the, the last thing I read about Taves was that he might not even play hockey next year and that he probably won't do anything July 1st. But I guess that would be kind of a, a, a I guess that would be a surprise because we don't even know if he's going to play. But I just, again, wonder for that veteran presence, probably very, very cheap, right? Maybe, I mean, heck, maybe he says I'll play for Edmonton one year, one million. I don't know. Just a play. That's that's just a name I would keep in mind. Yeah. I, and again, I, that's bit of a bit of a pipe dream or whatever you want to call it for the Oilers. But that would be something to add him. So I'll just throw that out there. That's that's a name I'll I'll keep in mind over the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more from the Oilers here on the Oilers side of the text line. Uh, this is from Tom. He says, I agree Bouchard is something the Oilers need, but goals against is what they need to work on. Uh, how many games did the Oilers lose by one goal? That's from Tom. Uh, well, I don't have that off the top of my head, but they yes, they allowed too many goals. And against Vegas, that was a problem, I, I think. And Bob's talked about it more on his show. Uh, the defensive system will probably change. It'll probably be more of a zone than a man-to-man and to make sure somebody's in front of the net. So that could be one thing that needs to be modified. Uh, you know, you'll need a little better goaltending. And yes, you need better defending, but I include the forwards in that too. It, look, there were times Bouchard wasn't great in front of his own net, for sure. But I, I don't think he was the only problem when it came to the Oilers' goals against. But but my fair comment, that's something that needs to be addressed, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, we'll go to Epstein's mistress on the uh, text oh, line. Oh, my, that's saucy. I know, right? Uh, very little interest in those Oilers draft picks. In the ga- grand scheme of things, players taken after the top 20 are all interchangeable. Wake me up for training camp, which I guess is the B-side to <laughs> right. Wake Me Up When September Ends by Green Day. Or, right? or Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. Uh, oh, good shot. I, I, probably in training camp, Epstein's mistress will say, Wake Me Up for the regular season. But that's not the first message like that we We've received this week fans who are saying, okay, the draft does not mean what it used to mean for the Oilers. And that's what Bob and I were talking about, the piece written by Cam Sharon, who used to work for the Maple Leafs, by the way, that once you get even later into the first round, second round on, the, the your odds of finding a really impact NHL player aren't that great, which makes the you know Jason Robertsons of the world, to name one, all the more special. Mm-hmm. Richard texting in just simply asks, no Eric Carlson on the Oilers' radar? Uh, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Doesn't sound like it. We'll see. Mm-hmm. And Coach Mike, how important is winning the division, or for that matter, finishing first in the West this season? Uh, I, to me, well, <laughs> you got to win the Cup, right? I mean, uh, well, I guess the last two Cup champions have also finished first in the West. I just thought of that because Colorado was the number one seed. They were. Now, where was Florida? That's what Brownie and I always say. Make the tournament. You know, if the Oilers had three more points and had home ice advantage against Vegas, do they win that series? Probably not. Vegas outplayed them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mitch in a ditch. It doesn't matter who the GM of the Oilers is. They all are guilty of horrible asset management. Yamamoto was a first-round pick, and he is given away for nothing but the same GM who overpaid him after he had one good month in 2022. The Oilers are good, thanks to Leon and Connor, not their subpar management, uh, Mitch Inaditch. There we go. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, there's going to be criticism until they win it all, I suppose. Uh, and Bob kind of referenced that, that there are those comments sometimes about Holland. Uh, I know one other knock on Holland was you signed Cassie and then and then kind of had to give him away to Arizona. So, yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I get it to some extent, though I do think overall, if you look at the results, uh, you know, Ken Holland's done a pretty good job. I mean, the team has improved and finished higher in the standings under his watch. Uh, we should we should do a break here, Kellen, mm-hmm. and then we'll we'll do something else after the commercial's over. It's inside Absolutely. sports on Chad. <laughs> before we sign off. Uh, we got a quick text here from uh, Cowtown Bob. He's talking about the Elks and the game tomorrow night here on Ched against the Ottawa Red Blacks. He says, the good news for the Elks this week is the fact that Red Blacks are probably hurting more. Uh, they were absolutely awful against Calgary at the start of the season and lost Deadman, the great returner. They are also going with an unknown quarterback. Hopefully the swagger of our new QB and a few short fields courtesy of CJ Sims will help the Elk post their first victory of the season. Great show as usual. Hope you both have an enjoyable Canada Day long weekend. That's from Cowtown Bob. Uh, thank you, Cowtown Bob. I think that those are good comments uh, about the Elks game. A battle of unknown quarterbacks. Daigie does appear to have some confidence and swagger. I think that had faded, unfortunately, for Cornelius a little bit. And CJ Sims, yeah, an exciting returner. And Ottawa has lost their exciting returner, Devontae Dedman. All right, so here's what's happening. I'm going to be back in the morning. I'm doing the morning sports on, uh, on Chet. I have not got up that early in a long time. Right on. I might just stay up. <laughs> uh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna be on Oilers now with Bob. I think I'm doing a hit with him at 1:30, and then uh, we got the Elks game in this time slot tomorrow, four o'clock for the countdown to kick off, and the game at 5:30, and then we have our free agency special, 10 a.m. to noon on Saturday. Stoff is hosting that one, but uh, I'll be in to contribute to it as well. Thanks to Dave Campbell, he's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. Get more on the Oilers' trade and their draft picks on 630chet.com. Have a good night.